Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump into the message. All right, would you all do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet? And would you join me in welcoming our next-gen director of the state, Pastor Ryan Yates. All right, now stay on your feet because you guys need to give a huge round of applause for your youth pastor, who is one of the best, not only in the state, but in this country. Give it up for Pastor Madison Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. Pastor Madison, I am honored that we get to do this together. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Would you guys grab a seat? And while you're seated, make sure that you give someone an elbow and say, hey, what's up? This is Movement Youth. All right, so I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous to preach this message tonight. Pastor Madison, you know those messages where you're like, oh, man, like, a little nervous. Everyone was just, like, you just got real calm in here. I, well, I want that music back. Let's preach with that music bumping. No, I'm kidding. You don't have to do that. But but for real, thank you so much, Pastor Madison, for having me here. And, and your leadership team, leaders, I can't see most of you, but can you guys just raise your hands? Can you give it up for the leaders that are in this room, your small group leaders? These are men and women who give up time away from their families, away from their everyday lives to come and be with you and pour into you uh, because they care about you, students. They care about you. They care about your eternity. They care about what God does in your life. That's why they do what they do, and that's why we do what we do is because we are so passionate about seeing this next generation. That's you. You are the next generation, right? We are so excited to see, and we are passionate to see what this next generation is going to do for Jesus. And that's why we get. That's why we do what we do. And I'm here with you tonight. Um, like Pastor Madison said, for does does everyone know me? If you don't know me, raise your hand. Awesome. Okay. Cool. That's that's fine. So my wife and I are the Iowa Next Gen directors. So we put on like camp, youth convention. Did did any of you guys enjoy youth convention this past year? It was pretty awesome, wasn't it? What? It was fun. Yeah. How long did you last on the mechanical bull? You're making that up. You're making it up. It's fake. I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was a little easy. How many of you made it up the warp wall? Anyone make it up? Like, you made it up the very the tallest section of the warp wall, or you were just like, no, I didn't, I didn't care to try that? No? Yeah? The, the shortest kid in the room is like, yeah, I made it up. You, you went up the 14-foot-tall warp wall, like, all the way up? Yeah, youth convention. Yeah, yeah. I love junior hires. Like, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm going to raise my hand. But, man, uh, I'm excited because we get to start off a new series tonight. Uh, You guys are getting ready. Well, tonight is your first installment of a new series called The Maze. Everybody say The Maze. You know, Pastor Madison is probably one of the most prepared uh, pastors and leaders in this state, because I think I think it was July that you sent that you filled out the form for me to come out 
and preach this message. And so I had the title of this message in July of last year. Um, and so, uh, so I'm really, really excited to, to be here and to, and to bring you the first installment of the maze. And this is really, you guys are going to be talking about the journey of life, right? Like life can sometimes seem like you're going through a maze where it's just one dead end after another, or it's one wrong turn after another, or it's, or it's one bad situation or one, it, it seems like life can just continue to throw these things at us and we, and we have to divert our direction or change four moves. It's okay. All right. But we have to, we have to change the direction that we're going or, or change our thought process or do something and, and, and shift. And it's like, we're constantly moving in different directions and, and shifting our eyes and refocusing, going through this maze of life. Anybody with me this morning or this evening, right? You can tell the last couple of times I've preached has been on Sunday morning, but, um, so I know, I know that especially for Christians going through a maze, it can, it can be a little frustrating. And, and it kind of reminds me, have, have you guys ever done a corn maze? Anyone ever done a corn maze? You live in Iowa. If you've never done a corn maze, you need to get out from under the rock that you live under, right? Like this should be the home of corn mazes. But um, I remember one time I was in fifth or sixth grade and we went on a field trip as a school. We went on a field trip to a place called Eckert's Farm. And every year, this uh, anybody do apple orchards? Does your school ever go to apple orchards? Uh, or, or have you ever done one with your family and like posted pictures and like, ooh, look at us, we're perfect family. <laughs> anyway, um, so like as a school, we would go to the Eckert's apple orchard every year, and uh, and and they would always have a corn maze. And I remember one year, I was probably fourth, fifth. I don't think I was in sixth grade yet. But I do remember that it was my sole purpose of life to impress all of the high school girls. Like, that's why I existed. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, where's where's my junior high boys at, right? Weirdos. Anyway, um, so like, like, I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm this little kid, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to blast through this corn maze, and I'm going to impress all the older girls, and then I'm going to get a girlfriend today. Like, that's just how it's going to happen. And so so here I am. I see the corn maze, and... And the bus, mind you, the bus is getting ready to leave. Like, they're like, hey, five minutes, and we're leaving. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to bust through this maze. I'm going to show everyone that I can do it, and, and I'm going to get a girlfriend, and that's just going to be awesome. And so, so I took off running like a toddler at Chick-fil-A, right? Like, I'm like, I am, I am going to bust through this maze. And you can probably guess what ended up happening. How many of you under four foot tall have ever gotten lost in a corn, in a corn maze? Because now when you're my height, you don't really get lost in a corn maze because you just kind of look and you're like, oh, okay, I see where I need to go, right? But whenever I was in like fourth or fifth grade, I was three inches shorter, and so I couldn't really see anything. And so I got lost in this corn maze, and, and needless to say, they had to come find me. So the buses are loaded. My mom is also the principal of the school. I forgot to mention that, but... So the buses are loaded, everyone is on the bus, and they're like, where's Ryan? And they hear me screaming from the corn maze, I can't find my way out! It's not very impressive as a junior hire to step on the bus with tears in your eyes and wet pants, right? Like, I did not, I'm just kidding, I didn't have tears in my eyes. But anyway, (laughs) no, I'm, I'm kidding, but... But I did learn a lesson because a few years later, we went back and same place, all right, same place, same corn maze, probably a different cut, but 
I assessed my situation a little differently before going into this corn maze. See, this corn maze was kind of in a little bit of a valley, and if you climbed up on top of the jungle gym in their play area, and now I'm an eighth grader, so I'm just a weirdo doing this, all right? But if you climb up on the top of the jungle gym, you could literally see the maze. Like, you could see what turns you needed to take in order to get to the goal in the maze, which was really weird. It was like this weird caterpillar figure thing. It was weird. Anyway, um, and so what I did is I climbed up to the top of this jungle gym, and I looked over the maze, and I said, okay, I need to make two lefts, and then I need to make a right, and then I need to make a left. I literally mapped out the entire direction, every step that I needed to take in order to get through this maze and finish it and, and complete it, and then I was able to get a girlfriend. But um, no, I'm kidding. But, but for real, like, I, I completely looked at it in a, in a whole different way. And can I tell you tonight, students, that as you look at your life and as many times as you feel like you're lost in this maze of life, as many times as you feel like you have no way out, as many times and as often as you feel like there's, you don't know what direction to take, what move to make, what step to take, anything like that, can I tell you that you have been given the 30,000-foot aerial view over your maze of life, and God has given you every direction to take, every move to make, every step to take. He has given you the map to this maze of life. And tonight, I want, us to look at a, I want us to look at a few different things because if you read in John chapter 14, you know and you understand that Jesus says, I am what? I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Jesus says very clearly, here, we'll, we'll read through it and then we'll pray. I promise I haven't forgotten to pray, but we'll read through it. Here we go. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus is talking to his disciples at the Last Supper. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would not have told you that I was going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus responds, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Tonight I want you to understand that the enemy has came up with three lies that it is defeating this planet with that completely contradicts Jesus stating that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And tonight as we jump into this, I want to look at these three lies and I want want us to realign our lives so that we can look at this maze of life and go, you know what? I'm ready to be a maze runner. I'm ready to be a maze. I'm ready to run through this maze of life. And it doesn't matter what's thrown at me because I know that Jesus is the way. I know that Jesus is the truth. And I know that Jesus is the life. You guys ready with me tonight? Someone tell a joke while I take a drink of water and then we're going to pray. Say it. Why? So proud of you. Let's pray and then we're going to look at these lies. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for your word. 
God, we thank you that as we, as we step back tonight and as we look at this maze of life, Father, that we can set our feet upon the rock. God, that we can set our, pe- set our feet upon the foundation that you have laid before us and that we can see that you are truly the way, the truth, and the life and that no man comes to the Father but by you. Father, in this moment, let us all have ears open and ready to hear exactly what you would have us to receive tonight. Let us have hearts that are open and ready to receive exactly what you have for us. Father, we thank and we praise you for all these things. It's in your name we pray. Everyone said, you know, how many times have we heard this passage? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, right? Like even even people who aren't in church have probably heard this passage, kind of like John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? So like, We've heard this passage, we've quoted this passage, we've even maybe sang about this passage, but tonight I'm telling you it is time that we apply this passage. It is time that we apply this passage to our lives because the enemy is a liar. And as we discuss these three lies specifically, we're going to call them out and we're going to focus on the truth. So we're going to call out the lie and then I'm going to show you the truth. And as we focus on the truth, we can apply that to our lives, and it will lay a foundation for you to be a maze runner. Bump your neighbor and say, hey, are you a maze runner? Here we go. Now listen, I want you to hear something. Before I jump into this message, look at me really quick. Before I jump into this message, I want each of you to know that I may not know you by name. I may not know who you are personally, but I know the God who knows you. And I serve the same God who loves you, who cares for you, and who sent his son to die for you. Every word that I am getting ready to speak to you is is not fabricated. It It is not fake. It is not emotional. It is truth, and it is from the gospel. Do you hear me tonight? All right. Now, the thing is, with the gospel, we can never just preach truth without grace. We have to preach truth with grace. Do you understand me? Because the the church got so focused on this is what's true, this is what's true, this is what's true, that people forgot and lost that Jesus died on the cross. That was an ultimate action of grace for each and every single one of us, meaning that we get to receive something that we don't deserve. You with me tonight? So I want you to know that every word that I'm speaking tonight, it is not only truth, but it is out of grace, and it is because I love you, God loves you, your pastor loves you. Do you hear me tonight? You guys ready? You guys are like buckling your seatbelts. Here we go. Lie number one. There are multiple ways to heaven. That's in complete contradiction with what Jesus says here, because the truth is Jesus says, I am the way. Does that sound like I am one of the ways? Does that sound like there are a bunch of ways, but if you choose me, good luck, right? It doesn't sound like that. Jesus is the only way through this maze to the Father. When going through this maze, you want to know the way, right? Like when going through a maze, if, if, if you're trying to do a maze on paper, like you are trying to figure out the one and only way in order to get from the start to the finish. Jesus is that way. I want to read this to you directly out of the commentary of the Life Application Study Bible for this verse. For John 14, right here. This is the, this is the commentary on, on this passage. It says, this is the most basic and important message in Scripture. It opens the door for doubters to come to Jesus. 
Doubting Thomas asked, in effect, how can we know the way to God? And Jesus essentially answered, the way is open through me. Because Jesus is both God and man, he, gave, he gives us the invitation to heaven. He himself is the entry point, and he paid the full price for us to get there with his own life. By uniting our lives with Jesus's and becoming his followers, we are uniting, everybody say uniting, we are uniting with God. Trust Jesus to take you to the Father and all of the benefits of being God's child will be yours. I don't know about you, but I want all the benefits of being a child of God, right? The only way to gain that is through Jesus. He invites us and he gives us the map on how to get there. Jesus says, I am the way. He doesn't say, I am one of the ways. He doesn't say there are many ways. He doesn't say, if you're good enough, if you pray enough, if you're nice enough, if you give enough, if you serve enough, all of those things are great, but they are not the way to the Father. There is only one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. That is through calling on him. Paul writes in Romans 10, if you declare with your mouth, if you believe it in your heart and declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, this is so hard for people to truly believe, understand, or accept because humans hate limitations, right? We hate limitations. Any of you have a four-wheeler or ever ridden on a four-wheeler or a go-kart? Anybody? I had a go-kart growing up. It had a 150cc Honda motor on the back of it. That's a pretty good go-kart if those of you, for those of you that don't know what cc's mean, right? But it's a 150cc go-kart. It fit, that thing stinking ripped. But the problem was when we bought it, it had a limiter on the motor. Do you guys know what a limiter on a motor does, anybody? It limits the power that you are able to pull from the motor. So it limits the throttle and says, you, the motor could go 160 miles an hour or whatever, a 150cc go-kart could maybe go 20 miles an hour. But anyway, it says you, the motor could put this much power out, but that's too much power for this type of go-kart. So we need to put a li- limiter on it in order to keep the people riding it safe. Well, one day we decided, guess what? I want to take the limiter off of this go-kart. Anybody ever taken the limiter off of your four-wheeler go-kart? Bunch of rebels. Anyway, so we took the limiter off of this go-kart, and I'm not kidding you, 10 seconds into taking the limiter off the go-kart, the throttle got stuck, my brother jumped out of the go-kart, got ran over by now a pilotless go-kart, there was no more driver on it, as he's jumping out, he falls underneath it, and it runs over him. Needless to say, when you remove the limiter from things, people get hurt. Listen. Humans hate limitations, but God has put limitations in place. He has put limiters in place in order to protect you. And whenever we try to remove those limitations, that's when people get hurt. So when people say there are more than one, there is more than one way to heaven, that is removing a limiter that God has put in place in order to keep you and me safe. What God has put in place is that Jesus is what? The only way. Jesus is the only way. Jesus being the only way to the Father is not a limiter to keep people out. He is the only way in order to save us from ourselves. Teenagers, you need to hear me tonight. The world likes to say, well, how can a loving father send people to to hell? He doesn't send people to hell. 
He provided the way to save us from ourselves, to save us from sin, to save us from death, and to save us from hell. When the world pulls the limiter, when the world says, oh, there has to be more than one way, surely a loving God wouldn't send a good person to hell. Our loving Father doesn't send people to hell. Our loving Father provided the way to him, and that's through Jesus. Pulling the limiter gets people hurt. Jesus is the way. There really is no other way. Everyone say, Jesus is the way. As the way, Jesus provides clear direction to the Father. You might be sitting there, this is it for the first point, but you might be sitting there saying, but what about other religions? What about what this religion says or this religion says? Listen, any religion that says that there is another way to heaven or eternity with the Father, it is a distraction from the enemy. Hear this, the father of lies, his greatest desire is to draw people away from the way. Don't you think that he would put up as many fake ways as possible to distract you or distract and detour people from the actual and one and only way? Right? You with me tonight? Don't listen to the lie that says there is more than one way to earn or to get to heaven. Jesus is the only way. You with me? Everyone say, I love you, Pastor Ryan. Lie number two, you might not love me now. You determine your own truth. Lie number two says, you determine your own truth. Well, Jesus says, I am the way and I am the truth. Jesus says that I am the truth. One of the things, teens, that I love most about your generation, this unconventional generation, is your genuine desire for truth. You have a genuine desire to seek and find the truth. Why is this the case? I believe that your desire for truth supersedes all other previous generations, but why? Well, because no other generation has been bombarded with so much destructive false truth as your generation has. I'll give you two examples. My body, my choice. It's false truth. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 through 20, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit? As a follower of Jesus, your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Jesus dying on the cross. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Here's the second one. You can decide your own gender identity based on how you feel. This is a false truth that has bombarded life as we know it today. Genesis 1.27 so says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In preparing for this message, I was not preparing this message saying, ooh, I'm going to go to Movement Youth, and I'm going to talk about gender identity and all of these different things. I even called Pastor Madison, and I was like, I have no idea why it led this way, but God is leading me this way. Is this okay? She said, bring it. I Googled gender identity, just those two words. This is what popped up. Because did you know, hang on, did you know that gender identity is a completely fabricated term with no scientific backing? When you Google it, this is what comes up. Gender identity is each person's internal and individual experience of a gender. It is a person's sense of being a woman, a man, both, neither, or anywhere along the gender spectrum. 
a person's gender identity may be the same as or different from their birth assigned sex. I read that and about fell out of my chair because I don't know that I've ever read something so contradictory to truth. Hear me tonight, teens. God created gender, male and female. Satan created the thought of gender identity. Because it's an idea, it's not truth. It's not factual, it's not even really a thing. This type of ideology, hear me, this type of ideology has came from the lies of the enemy saying that there is more than one way. You don't have to do everything the Bible says. This, this type of confusion has came from these lies of the enemy. Listen, believing some words of the Bible but not others would be like playing basketball with a football. It's just plain stupid and would not work, right? It'd be kind of like going to a drive-thru, pulling up to a drive-thru, ordering your food, paying for it at the first window, and then just driving past the second window and saying, nope, I'm good, I don't need my food. You've spent the money, why not enjoy what, you're actually, what, what you actually paid for? Jesus has already spent his life on you and me. Why don't we enjoy what he has paid for? We have to stop picking up and choosing what parts of the Bible we want to receive and what parts of the Bible we want to apply and other parts of the, the Bible that we neglect or take out of context in order to justify our actions. I want to speak some big time truth here for a second because this is how real this is in our world today. You ready? If the enemy can get you confused about your identity, he can kill your destiny. If he can get you confused about who you are and what you are, he, will ki- he can kill your destiny. He can kill everything that God created you to be. Why do you think he's after it so much? Why do you think he has integrated it into everything that you guys are, are open to, into everything that you guys are taught, even in schools? Like everything that surrounds you is based on these lies from the enemy other than the truth that comes from the gospel. The enemy's lies of this gender identity concept that is being woven and integrated into everything that you hear, everything you see, and everything you do will bring one of two different outcomes. I want you to hear how real this is. This will bring one of two different outcomes. It will either bring the extinction of Christianity Christianity and ultimately mankind itself, or it is preparing the greatest harvest field of lost souls that the world has ever seen. And I truly believe that it is preparing the greatest harvest field of lost souls. And this unconventional generation is going to see the greatest missional movement that the world has ever seen. Because there is, and I truly believe, there is going to be a revolution take place and an over and an awakening of the spirit of God breaking through the strongholds of homosexuality and gender identity. This generation, so desperate for the truth, will be the generation that unconventionally brings the way and the truth to those who are lost. You with me tonight? Listen, when this, when this generation wholly discovers the truth, Jesus, we will see the greatest missional movement this world has ever seen take place. Continuing to lay our foundation as maze runners, we understand that Jesus is the only way to the Father. We understand that Jesus is the truth. 
that the truth that the or that the lies and the false lies and the false truth that the world tries to throw at us only distract us and detour us. We come to find the last lie is that life as we know it is all by chance. Life as we know it is all by chance. The Big Bang Theory, evolution, whatever you want to throw in there, it's all by chance. It just happened one day and poof, and then things started changing and and monkeys started turning into one thing and this started turning into that and whatever. Jesus doesn't say that that's the case. No, he says, I am the life. I am the life. In Genesis 1, it, it, it talks about creation and how God created each and every single thing on this planet. And, and whenever I was preparing for this third and final point, I'm telling you right now, I probably uh, typed out and then deleted this third point about 15 times. Because every time I typed it out, God said, no, that's your, that's, that's your opinion, that's your perspective, just read the word. Because tonight, I don't want you to listen to my opinion or my perspective. I want you to hear the word. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read to you verses out of the Bible that talks about and that defeats this lie that says that life as we know it is by chance. You guys ready? This is not going to be on the screen, just so that you know, because there's a lot. So just hear me out. Genesis 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Deuteronomy 30, 20. And that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life. Ruth 4, verse 15. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. Nehemiah 9, verse 6. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. Job 12, verse 10. In his hands is the life. Everybody say life. In his hands is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. Job 27, verse 3. As long as I have life within me, the breath of God is in my nostrils. Job 33, verse 4. The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me Life, Psalm 27, verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 36, verse 9, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. Ezekiel 37, verse 5, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Come on, you can fill in the blank. In him was, and that was the light of all mankind. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal. John 5, 24, very truly I tell you, whoever hears the word and believes in him who sent me has eternal and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to John 6, 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come so that they might have and have it to the full. John 17, 3, now this is eternal, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Acts 3, verse 15, Jesus is the author of Romans 5, 21, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. You want to tell me that life is an accident or that life is by chance or that everything that we know just happened? The truth is that Jesus is life. John 1, verse 1 through 5 says it like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is both now and forever. He is Life. Remember, the world's lie says that life is by chance and through evolution. Listen, if we, if we truly believe all of that to be true, in this maze of life, then we will never be driven to finish. If it's all by chance, if we're, if we're just another portion of evolution, if we're, if, then why aren't we just sitting around waiting for the next animal to turn into something cool? Like, if the enemy can convince us, if we buy into this lie that we have no purpose, then the enemy can convince us that there is no one greater. I'm going to say that again. If we buy into the lie that we have no purpose, then the enemy can convince us that there is no one greater. If we buy into this lie that says, it's all by chance, we all just happened, life just one day appeared. Life as we know it did one day come into existence, but it wasn't by chance. It was through God's voice. <laughs> you guys ready for this? This is really cool. You can start playing. This is really cool. Bump your neighbor, say this is really cool. I'm about to get really, really nerdy, and that's okay. Where's my nerds at? All right. So in preparing for this message, I was like, okay, what is the actual definition of life? How does a scientist define the word life? Because in the Greek, what, what Jesus is talking about here, it's the word zoe, which literally means physical life or spiritual life, meaning eternal life. So how does science determine what life is? Here's how science determines life is. Life is a quality that distinguishes matter that has a biological that has biological processes such as signaling and self-sustaining processes that from which does not and is defined by the capacity for growth, reaction to stimuli, metabolism, energy transformation and reproduction. In really easy terminology, life is defined by cells communicating with each other in order to adapt, grow, or sustain, and reproduce. Super simple. Life is literally determined on the basis of can it communicate. That is how scientists define fiber, a cell? Is there something within that, within that organism, within that being, within that plant, within that dust particle? Is there something that can communicate? It's pretty crazy to me 
that the God of the universe who is who is absent of our time, or not absent, but but um, but above our time, who the God of the universe who is who is not not under the same laws of of, of everything that we're under, but but that God who created life as we know it, he created life through And in doing so, as mankind came into existence and as, you know, that, that God spoke everything into existence, but then, but then he took man and he said, no, I, I need to do more with mankind. I need to make it with, with my hands. I need, to, I need to get in and I need to, I need to put together and, 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 and align every part of DNA. I need, to, I need to put everything in place. In doing so, he placed a couple, he, he placed something within us. If you've ever heard a, a, a sermon from Louis Giglio that talks about how great God is, he talks about something called laminin. Now, in laminin, laminin is known as a protein molecule. This isn't in my notes. This is just the Holy Spirit talking right now. But lamin is, laminin is a protein molecule that, in Louis Giglio's message, it, one of the characteristics of laminin is that it holds cells together. That is very true. It holds cells together. Say Amen. It holds cells together. But I started doing some research on laminin and looking at it after, after I heard that message. And laminin, not only, uh, one of its characteristics is not only to hold cells together, but the primary characteristic of laminin is to communicate from cell to cell to cell. It is literally the text messages and the Snapchats and the Instagram stories of our bodies that is telling our cells to communicate to other cells. You're like, okay, why do I care about that? Well, because if you literally Google and look at laminin, the scientific uh, depiction, the sci- the, the, there, there, there are, if, if you look up a scientific artwork diagram of what laminin looks like, it is in the perfect shape of a cross. And then if you go one step further and you look at an actual microscopic picture of laminin, it looks like a funny-shaped cross. The majority of them do. Some of them are just squiggly lines and whatever. I do not believe that this is by chance because after creation, after the fall of man, after we continued to mess up and fall away from God, what is God's ultimate desire for you and me? To be in communication with us. In the Old Testament, the only place for communication between God and humans was in a place called the Holy of Holies. When Jesus died on the cross, it says that the veil tore, to, that, that, that the Holy of Holies was no longer separated because the veil tore from top to bottom. And that was a picture of the presence of God being released from the Holy of Holies and going into the world. Worship team, you can come up. Teens, I want you to hear me tonight whenever I say this. Because not only, not only was God so, his desire is so strong to be in communication with you that he placed inside of you a cell that was in the shape of the cross that he knew one day would pave the way so that you and I, sitting in a basement of an old school, 2023 because his son went to the cross we now 
Bíblia e um texto. That is where life comes from. Just as God spoke it into existence and all the things that we see, birds in the sky, animals, whatever, all the things that we see, God created and spoke into existence through communication. And then, and then as he forms you, he placed in you this molecule that is the communication molecule for our bodies. The, the molecule within our body, the molecules within our bodies that tells our cells to communicate with themselves, with, with each other. He placed in that the promise that says, I love you. And I'm going to do everything that it takes with you. That's why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. How did that become possible? When Jesus stepped out of heaven and laid down on a cross, you and I had direct communication. I don't know about you, try to tell me that the Lord doesn't care about me, to try to tell me that, that I'm just here by chance, even though I'm the result of an affair. I will never listen to a lie from the enemy. But I want you to know, teens, that as you silence the lies of the enemy, and I'm closing, I promise, I'm four minutes over with Pastor Madison, I'm sorry. As you silence the lies of the enemy, things begin to change, teens. Things begin to change. As you silence these lies, and there's more than these three lies. I just want you to understand that. Like there's, he's lying to you all day, every day. But as you silence the lies of the enemy, things begin to change. In Luke 21, the disciples started asking about the end times. They started asking uh, Jesus all sorts of questions and and like, all right, what? how are we going to know this and what's going to happen and, and all of these different things. And I love what Jesus says. I'm going to paraphrase uh, verses 8 through 16. Basically, Jesus warns us of false teachers in the end times. He warns us of false prophets. He warns us of earthquakes and famines and pestilence. He warns us of fearful events, persecution of the saints. He warns us of these things. And then he says, but that we have to make up our minds and to not worry for for he will give us wisdom and he will give us the words to speak. And then he says that you will be betrayed by family and friends. This sounds fun, right? Not really. But then he says this, because ultimately every maze that you enter into, you want to win, right? You want to accomplish that maze. Jesus says this in verse 17, everyone will hate you because of me. Praise the Lord. But not a hair on your head Stand firm, and you will win life. Stand firm, and you will win life. You want to win this maze of life? Look at Jesus and stand firm on his promises. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No man comes to the Father except 
as we go into worship, two quick things. If you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I don't have to lead you in a, ritu- in a ritualistic prayer, although sometimes, although those are good, right? But I want you to take this moment. I don't want you to rely on my words. I want you to rely on his spirit. If you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, right now, just talk to him. You can talk to him like you're talking to a friend. Talk to him like you're talking to a parent. Talk to him like you're talking to Pastor Madison. God, I'm sorry, I've messed up. The Bible says, confess your sins and declare him as Lord. Hey, I've messed up, but I wanna make you the Lord and Savior of my life. He says, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And the second part, second group of people in here, those of you that are running this maze of life, but the lies of the enemy have distracted you and you just need to refocus. I want you to take this time of worship and I want you to refocus. I want you to tune into the truth that Jesus is the way Would you move in this place? Would you continue to speak to each and every single student in the year? We thank you and we praise you. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights, and the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.